Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Account Management, a tactical guide to success. You got Fred Fuller here and my counterpart, good friend and brilliant man, John Brown. John, what's going on? What is going on, partner? Uh, nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing other than recording a podcast with you, which is the highlight of my week. My good friend, Fred Fuller. This is fun. I, we love it, to bust each other's chops, but this is actually pretty fun. Yeah, it is. It is pretty fun. Like, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, it it makes you it makes you think about thinking. <laughs> you know, we I, I I I do a lot of thinking, but I don't do enough thinking about thinking. That's gotta, that's the missing element, right? It's the, it's the meeting before the meeting, man. Right. <laughs> It's commonplace. Right. Why yeah. aren't we thinking more about thinking? Right. That's uh we need to we'll we'll save that for another podcast. We'll dive into that. Yeah, this so. thing, uh yeah, let's not take it down in flames in the first 20 seconds. <laughs> no, let's let's not do that. I, hey that. Yep. so before we get into today's topic, uh we uh have a request for our listeners we want to mention, which is if you have we want to just emphasize, as always, if you are listening to this podcast, please rate us on Spotify, iTunes, whatever your platform is that helps the algorithms. And we really do appreciate it. More importantly, if you've bought the book, please go to Amazon and rate the book. That is your that is the that is the price we are charging for this free podcast. Please go to Amazon and and rate the book. Yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have the book. Boom. Right. Oh, yeah. Buy the book. Yeah. You, yeah. First. Go buy. Hello. It's 10 American dollars. It's an incredible value. Oh, my God. Probably, how much how much how much money value do you think you actually get out of the book for that ten dollars? Probably millions. It. You know what? Literally, it is. If you can if you save one customer, <laughs> like if you use some of these tactics and you save, you know, one account or grow one account. Oh, like that's ten, a good point. A ten dollar right. a ten dollar investment to turn around a five hundred thousand dollar deal. Like, you know, like, hey, what's the, I, what's the ROI on that? Get get your calculator. One hundred and seventeen percent. But let me double check that number. <laughs> I think you just made that up, but that I doesn't sound that right. Yeah, no, it's way off. Uh, but but in all seriousness, like, think about it in those terms. Hey, that is one heck of a deal. It is. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we have a very exciting topic for everybody today. Um and this is one that it's we're not following along with the book on this particular topic, but we think it's just really important and we want to to talk about it. And the topic is when the deal isn't done. We've all been there as account managers. So you as account manager inherit a client and uh, everything is supposed to be baked and it's not. So, yep. Fred, what are we going to what are we going to talk about today? Well, um, just real quick to back up one second. This is 100 percent a listener driven episode, right? Yes. So so this topic came to me uh, via via email where where somebody asked the question of hey, how do you deal with this stuff? Like, I've got the deal on my plate. Everybody thinks it's on the on the one yard line, you know, slam dunk and stuff starts popping out of the closets. Right now, all of a sudden you're in a, some sort of a you know, whatever. And, and, and that was like three mixed metaphors all at once. So there was a slam dunk. We were at the one yard line and something jumped out of the closet. That was a uh, there's just a lot there to unpack. But OK, follow along, people. 
follow along. I like to keep it interesting. You know this, John. You know this. But but how do you deal with those situations when these things just, you know, when they do, they pop up and and it's, you know, it's the 11th hour on the 1-yard line and you're you're going for a slam dunk. And um, it's a, it's a long putt and it's uh <laughs> That's right. That's right. But the other part of this being a uh, listener driven episode is that we also have some mailbag stuff. Is that right? That's right. We have two letters in the mailbag. So we want to get to that as well. Yeah. So let's uh, so we'll get let's dive in. What do you do? Fred, what do you do when the deal isn't done? So you 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 inherited yeah, yeah. the client. You're supposed to execute X, Y and Z. You think you're supposed to do that. And then it turns out that everything wasn't negotiated correctly or, or things yep. just, uh, things just aren't right. And you kind of have to rework the whole deal. And, and I think as account managers, we expect that to kind of not be the case generally, but sometimes that is the case. So what do we do? Yeah. Well, you're, I'm going to approach this in, in three different sort of phases, right. Or, or three different orders of priority, I think. Mm-hmm. And the, the first is how do you respond tactically? Then, uh, how do you respond strategically and the last one there is, is how do you drive to your long-term corrective action, right? How do you drive towards a solution, right? That's a fancy yeah. word for a solution to get things, to, to avoid the situation in the future. Ultimately, yeah. that's what you want to do, right? So, so from a tactical perspective, and, and it's funny because t- people typically think of the order here as you come up with the strategy and then you go execute the strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, this is inverted very intentionally, mm-hmm. right? So tactically, there's three things that you're going to want to do. The first thing you do is remove the emotion. The second is to make sure that you are taking care of the things that should still be taken care of. Right. And then the third is communication. Communication is the key to everything. So if you can do these three things, we can get there. We're going to talk a little bit about every one of those. Okay. All right. Okay. So let's jump in with emotion. Emotion. um, Look, when you became aware of this situation, I can almost guarantee that there was emotion involved. Mm-hmm. Right. Because this this information about there being a disconnect on this deal either came from somebody internally saying, you know, th- there's things out there that that we should be considering and, and we're going to lose our shorts. Right. Yeah. And, and, so like so some examples would be things like uh, more was agreed to the client thought more was agreed to than what is actually in the contract. Would, would that be one example? What would be some other some other examples of where this is going sideways? Um, uh, there's a disconnect on, I mean, it, it can be small and it can be big, right? Like if you're talking about some sort of a software deal, like who owns the IP, mm-hmm. right? If that pops yeah. up at the 11th hour home, wow, what happened there? Right. right. Um, so there's any number of things that can come into this. It could be, you know, we didn't agree to have, um, you know, we didn't want this piece of functionality and, and now we're going to ask for it and we think you're going to slip it in. Right. Like it can yeah. it can just come in so many different forms at the end of and, the day. Yeah. And you can see where the emotion is drizzled all throughout the issues. Right. So the salesperson is like. Uh, why are you why are you bringing this up now i'm about to i'm closing this deal or i have closed it i'm supposed to be getting my commission now go go execute uh ms or mr account manager right so like what uh, you're emotional because you've been blindsided right you've been handed something that doesn't work doesn't make sense right 
the executives are emotional because like, Hey, I thought this was all worked out. Like, do you guys know what you're doing? Yeah. Look, this is a big deal and we need it. It's going to contribute to us making our quarterly numbers and we're coming up on the end of the quarter and oh my goodness. Right. So you could potentially, you're getting a call down from the CEO. Got to make a number, right? That's a, that's a big emotion driver. Right. The CEO of your organization is saying, what the heck? And that's filtering all the way down to you. And then on the other side of the equation, you've got a client that there's this disconnect. And and, and so somebody somewhere is emotional. Bottom line. Right. And your job is to just try to remove that from the equation. Remove it from yourself first. That's because that's really the only person's emotions you can actually control. But if and if you can approach it that way, you that's that's step one. That's right. You got to yeah. control your own emotions and then you can work to set the stage or the pay. You know what I mean? Like you can set the tone and hope that, you know, bring others along with you. Right. right? And it's I'm not an account, that- I, I'm an account manager. I get paid to solve problems. This is a problem. I'm going to go solve it just even though it's my own company that created the problem. <laughs> yeah, right. But look, that's the, you know, we talk about, you know, people being, you know, account managers are business people. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm a, I'm a really firm believer. You just hit on something really important, John. And that is that it is where you earn your money, mm-hmm. right? Relationships are wonderful when they're easy and when they're easy, it doesn't take a, a lot of sophistication and, you know, and, and discipline to manage them. Yeah. Great point. Right? But so so I think that's super, super important. So if you remove the emotion, you start with yourself and then you set the tone. Right. And and you set that tone by the way that you speak, by the inflection of your voice, by the by the volume of your voice. Um, and you set it in, in the way that you conduct meetings and treat people and pull things together. Right. Yep. So so you have, you you can't control somebody else's emotions, but but you can definitely uh, uh, help to guide them. Yeah. So I've got, I've got my emotional control in this situation. What's, what's next? Well, the next thing you want to do is, 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 so you got, you got everybody calm and breathing and all that good stuff. The next thing you want to do is make sure that you are taking care of the immediate needs immediately. So what's an, what's an example? An example of this is um, you are working to implement your product and you know, the thing that pops up is a piece of functionality that, um, that wasn't part of the original construct. And somebody says, well, we want it and we want it now. And we thought it was going to be in there. So now what you have is you have a conversation taking place on the side that has the potential of distracting everybody from the thing that they're supposed to be doing right here, right now. Right. Right. Focus on the thing you're supposed to be doing right here, right now. And as the account manager, as the quarterback on the field, as the band leader, that is your job is to make sure that you know, I, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but making sure that the the people aren't distracted, right? There's certain pe- people, it's not their job to be um, entertained or occupied by a contract discrepancy. Yes. That's, that's not what we pay them to do, right? Right. That's what you're saying is, you know, there will be people, you know, behind you in the organization will be saying, well, that's not in the contract. So you just need to go tell them to buzz off or whatever. That's that's not going. That's probably not going to work, and so you have to deal with the situation realistically, and address and figure out what is driving the the discrepancy between what was expected and what's being delivered. You've got to go address that no matter what. It can't just you can't just call the client and say, "Sorry, it's not in the contract." That's not that's probably not going to work. 
Oh, it's absolutely not going to work, right? Um, yeah. You, so you, you, so don't let people don't let the f- people get distracted. Just keep everybody focused on the objective and the goal and the bigger picture. And then, yeah, immediately that's the immediate need. Keep everybody focused. And then your immediate need, once that is accomplished, is to go and make sure that you are seeking the truth. Yeah. Now, the immediate need solution might be. Um, uh, well, this is more, we'll get into more of the, how we deal with the root cause, but the, you know, the immediate need ultimate solution might be more in the strategy part that we'll talk about in a minute where we actually kind of renegotiate the contract on, on some level or we, you know, renegotiate the terms. I mean, that might be the ultimate solution, but the point being, you have to get everybody wrap their head wrapped around the idea. We have to address this no matter what, and we have to do it now. Yep. Yeah. And, and but but recognize that those things can take time. And if tensions are high, a little bit of time may not be a horrible thing. You mm-hmm. have to be able to read into that. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, don't let don't let this become a distraction from the bigger picture. The other thing that happens, too, is sometimes these these particular moments are not really that big. Right. If you're talking about a, you know, a a $10 million engagement and somebody's talking about a $50,000 discrepancy, it's amazing how quickly that size of a discrepancy becomes a distraction for all the great work being done. And the, you know what I mean? Like, holy smokes, 80, 20 rule, right? Like, what are we, why is everybody talking about that? If you're the account manager, you're like, your job is to make that go away. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, Focus on materiality. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But the yep. next thing you want to do, so so you've taken the emotion out of it. You are focused on the immediate needs and taking the appropriate action there. And the next thing that will come into play is your communication, right? Communication at a time like this is paramount, is, is the most important thing of all of this, right? Yep. And the flow and the tone and the what of the communication is what should really be considered. Right. Tell us more. To, okay. Okay. <laughs> so the flow, um, yeah, I need you to banter with me here, man. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how's the, your, how are you doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're going to be doing a lot of editing, John Brown. All right, um, let's keep let's keep going. Now, I, I, I actually think this is the most important part, right? So, communicating you, you've taken your emotions out of it, and then you can actually start communicating. Uh, and um, at first, everybody else will be emotional, but if you're doing the right things, it'll it'll work out. So this is this is important. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know the, the the communication, right? It comes down to three things: it's the flow, it's the tone, and the what. And the flow is very, very important. And um, you know, what do you mean by uh, flow? Uh, who knows what first? Mm. Think about it that way, right? Yeah. If I find out that something is bubbling, the first thing I want to know is, okay, who knows? Right. And, and, and I'm not even asking for facts at this point. I literally just want to know who, who, who knows what, i.e. who, who has a, a thought on this. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, if there's a soundbite that there's a disconnect and there's a soundbite that it is your organization's fault, and that has been escalating across the organization, your client's organization. So now your counterpart knows, uh, it, her boss knows, and her boss's boss knows, 
right? And and so now all of a sudden I've got to figure out who should know on my side. Yeah. Right. Which is likely people like your boss. Right. Um, likely people like the salesperson involved, if that was a thing. Um, you know, anybody who has um, operational responsibility around this as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And your boss I think is boss. I, I think you're making a really clear point here, which is on this flow part of it, you need to gain control of the communications that's, internally and externally, I think is the point that you're, you're trying you, that you're making, which is like now, because this is all messed up and, and as an account manager, a lot of your job is to solve things that are messed up. You need to gain control of both of those avenues of communication. So don't, it's not, um, let's say that it's a very technical issue and you've got some operational or technical team person who's involved, it's not their job to run around and start communicating all this. It's yours because you're the account manager. Yeah, that's right. And you don't want your boss getting a zinger in from two levels up at the client that he is not aware of. Right. Right. Like that hurts. And that's exactly what you're talking about, John. And it's right. And that is a really, really well said, which is control of the communication. That's right. Yeah. I love that. Um, and so, and so that, that is just, these are just the rules of the road. Who knows what, how do they know it? And what is the next sequence of events and communication and just get that framework lined up and squared away for you. And then you can manage, you can really start to manage the vernacular and you can reach across to your client you can find out who's driving the conversation and you can work with them too. Like, Hey, you know, until we know more about this thing, can you and I just like kind of work together and I'll pull in that person, this person, and then you can yeah. contain it. Right. So that's that's really important. So if you manage the flow, that's great. And one of the ways you're going to manage the flow is by making sure that you have the right tone. Yeah. One thing that also is a refinement point, I wouldn't do this in every situation, but part of managing that flow is, you know, whoever your counterpart is at the client where the situation has gone sideways. So, you know, um, Susan at the client who is in accounting, um, you know, didn't get the software feature that she was supposed to as part of this, as part of this deal, you may want to think about communicating directly to Susan's boss in a way that says, Hey, I'm working on, we've have this issue. I'm working with Susan on it. I'm sure Susan will keep you updated. I just want you to know that it has our attention as a team over here at my company. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and I, I think a great way to do that too, is to loop in then your boss or something to that effect, right? right? Like, Hey, right. I just want you guys to know this is going on, but don't worry about it because down here yeah. we, we got, we got this thing. We're going to, we're going to figure it out. And I'm just letting you know so that you, so that you can, so that I can build confidence and trust with, with you. Yeah, that's right. Back to job number one, trust job number one. Yeah. Good, good pull, John. That was, and I like, <laughs> I like how you did that, man. <laughs> and then what about tone? That's the second thing in communication. Yeah. Uh, th- look, this gets so lost. So first and foremost, if this is a tense situation, I didn't, I, tone is critical and tone is safest. It's, it's most accurately communicated via phone call, 
voice mm-hmm. call, right? So I, you know, like I didn't think about the medium at first, but let's talk about that for one second. Yeah. You know, you, you, tense moments are not best handled in email or Slack. this, you know, in the whole, I think we're going to do earlier podcasts. We're going to do the whole deep dive into email, but this is just the, we've talked about this many times. This is the classic example of what, you know, other than maybe setting up the meeting to talk about it, this is not the place where you do a lot of emailing back and forth and you have five or six reply alls about, no, you're wrong. Yeah. And don't get into, here's what, here's the mistake that gets made. I know I need to get on the phone. And so I'm going to kick off an email to say, Hey, when are you available? We got You know, I want to talk about this thing. And then your client, pretend for a moment, your client responds and says, yeah, no kidding. We got to talk about this thing. You guys really messed it up. Yeah, you stink, right? So what is your response? Your response should be, I under, you know, like, hey, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. And and so can we talk at 10? Like stay on what it is you're trying to achieve. Get them on the phone. Don't get pulled into that premature. Well, this is my understanding of what happened. And so that's why I think it's important that we talk. No, you're just you just gave him and her him or her another thing to respond to in that instance. Don't do it. That what you just said there is really great because that's actually how it manifests itself. I mean, nobody ever uh, in a client situation writes a mean email back. But what they write back is, well, my understanding is blah, blah, blah. Right. And it, and it's it, it, what you're essentially conveying and you're trying to cloak it in some sort of, um, you know, candy coating is, well, no, you're wrong. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. You is again, tone. Right. Right. Even if you're like, hey, man, I, you know, and, and if I were talking to you, this is with the, the tone you would hear and you'd be like, OK, cool. We're trying to have a conversation. This isn't a big, nasty debate. Right. In email, you just can't do it. You just can't, you can't convey complicity without just those being the words like it's so, so anyway, so the tone is critical, right? And and along with tone, there's a couple things here. So volume, right? I, I will tell you one of the most effective things is managing your volume. If you manage the volume that you use on the phone, you can help to set the tone or the, the volume for the others involved, right? But no matter what, and I've been through this more times than I could possibly count. When the client raises their voice and they go into, you know, like, you know, uh, really mad, angry mode, then that's where it's so, so critical that you just keep your cool. Yeah. You know, the, as I think about this particular topic where you as an account manager get handed something that is not right, you know, so the post sale situation, you know, wasn't, wasn't worked out in the upfront, you know, the tools and techniques that you're using to manage through that are basically the same exact tools and techniques that um, you use to manage every day and kind of everyday situations with clients as well. Right. Like it's not all that different. What makes people act differently about this particular topic, which is why we're talking about it is that because somebody else created the problem, people tend to approach it differently and they act like, well, no, Uh, no, that's somebody else's fault. And so they get into that mode and then they forget that the, the, that fundamental responsibility of the account manager is to work on situations like this. Yeah. I, that's a great point. That's a really, really good point. Like your Mm -hmm. job as an account manager, really, really like if you effective account managers are, are steady. Mm Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah. You can't, you, they don't get rocked. They don't, you know, and, and it takes time to get there. Right. But, um, you know, like I, like I said, like I, my experience is I've been on the phone with clients and, and, and they were very, very angry and they had a right to be, and you, you know, you, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get it. I yeah. hear you. Right. Not raising and then not turning around and yelling at anybody internally, but that's kind of a, that's an extension of this conversation and a higher sort of philosophy on account management. Um, so that's stay away. Communication. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But stay away from accusations, defensiveness, mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, this is what it talked about a moment ago, but emotion will seep through and, and when it does, it's a conversation accelerant, right? Think, think about it in, the, in those terms. That's what emotion is for a conversation. It's an accelerant. And so whatever emotion you introduce into that conversation just will quickly get amplified and go someplace where you don't want. So it takes a lot of discipline, but, but my point here is, when I talk about tone and I talk about volume, I'm not talking about, you know, the stuff that's on the, you know, 10 on the, on the continuum, right? I'm not saying, well, don't go to 10, but you can go to seven. I'm saying, no, keep it at five. That's where you should always be. Stay at five. Right. Um, So if you can manage that and you can manage that piece of the conversation, then you can get into a really productive zone. Right. And then you can focus on the what. And so the what what, what? Well, the what is, you know, what are you, what are you talking about here? Right. Um, and, and so early on in, in a situation of this nature is, is what we talked about, which is focus on the problem, focus on solving the problem, focus on identifying the problem and re- what is the re- resolution to that problem, right? That's, that's where you want the conversation to always lie. The conversation, the moment the conversation becomes hyper-focused on the discrepancy and it, and it will have to be at certain points, but that shouldn't eat up the conversation for whatever period of time, right? So, hey, I understand it's a problem and we are working on it. And we're, look, I want to, we want to get to resolution as well. Yeah. Right? There's and a this, saying in operations, which really applies here, which is be hard on the problem, not on the people, right? Which, and, you know, that's really what you're saying is here is like, you, you almost have to say, the emotions are going to be high because somebody, you or somebody on your team messed this up. And on the client side, the same is true, right? So they they may be expressing that they're um, upset at you because you didn't deliver something that you were supposed to in their mind, either, you know, no matter what that, what that was, but on some level, they kind of messed up as well too, right? Like they might feel like they didn't communicate clearly their requirements or they might feel like, um, you know, they signed a bad deal or, you know, someone over there is feeling bad also. Right. So what you're saying is just focus on, well, okay, I understand all that, but we just have this issue. So let's try to figure out a solution for it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Somebody somewhere is, is just, you know, whatever they want to, they want to get, get this thing solved. So, uh, I'll, I'll give you a really good example. Um, I, in a previous life, we were doing an upgrade on our software mm-hmm. and we did the upgrade and it wasn't going, it, you know, we, we get, we go into production and there's a hiccup or two. And so, you know, uh, things are starting to heat up and get tense and uh, the technical team wanted to do the right thing and solve it quickly. And somebody went through and did some really quick troubleshooting, said, I got it. This is the thing. Throws the patch over the wall to the client. The client stuffs it in. It creates another problem, <laughs> right? We've seen this. Yeah, uh, sure. If you are listening to this podcast, you have seen it, right? And 
And so then everybody goes into, you know, now it goes up a level and everybody goes into fix it mode again. And the same thing happens again. And I am watching, I was the account manager and I Mm -hmm. pulled everybody. I sent an email to everybody, the client, our site, everybody. I said, can we please all just hit the pause button for one moment, please? Right. Called my counterpart at the client. And I said, look, I'm not saying this is like, we're going to, we're focused on this, but we need to slow down a little bit right now. We're moving too fast. And he said, I agree. Okay, cool. And I pull our team into a room and I had, there's definitely a philosophy that, Hey, this is not cool. This whole thing really pisses me off because you guys failed. Right. You could have gone that way. I could have. And I didn't. I said, look, I can't tell you how much I love this team right now. I can't tell you how awesome this is. Like people just took ownership and tried to solve the problem. And I can't thank you enough for that. Stupendous. Now, we probably need to slow down a little bit, right? (laughs) But let's step back and let's take a look at what happened. And let's just walk through the sequence of events and blah, 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 blah. And let's solve the problem. And that's the way that I, and, you know, like the, the team that you build when you do that kind of stuff, is is world class right that's right you're you're hard on the problem like we've messed up twice basically or i don't know maybe that was three times i couldn't quite in your story this is a lot of mess ups and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks thanks for paying attention yeah, yeah i got lost in there uh there's a lot of mess ups and it, you said okay we, we're going to focus on the what we're going to focus on the on the problem yeah. 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 And we did. And we solved the problem collectively. And in the end, everybody was fine. Um, but th- this went above me when, you know, the level above me, it was at the C level and the C level came into the meeting and everybody was in there and everybody walked into that meeting with their head down thinking, here it comes, man. Like the typhoon is about to hit us. And this particular C person um, had a reputation for being pretty direct. And I, I asked that person going into the meeting, I said, hey, can, do you mind if I kick this thing off and kind of run with it for a minute? And that person said, yeah, that's fine. And at the end, that person never spoke. And that person told me in the hallway, um, that, was, that, uh, that, was n- that was nice. That was well done. And, and so, like, you know, like it just was a good yeah. thing. Everybody thought they were going to get beat up. The C-level part. Now you've just shown the, your leadership to your boss. Yeah. Like it's all wonderful things. So get the motion out of it and, and stay focused on problem solving. Yeah, that's right. Everybody knows that there's a mess up on the table. Like that that, that ship has sailed. You, you're, you're solution focused. Well, speaking of solution focus, so we, we know what to, like, what, what do you do immediately? We got that. Yeah. And, and this, then, you know, then so what? how we talk about it and all that good stuff. And then, and then you get everybody focused on um, what I'm calling root cause. Right. Uh, and I, you so know, the strategic solution, the strategic solution, right? So we have to answer the question. Eventually this takes us down the road of, um, okay, who, who's going to pay if there's, if there's a monetary impact or a timeline impact, like who, who's going to own that. Uh, and then, and then once we identify who owns that, whoever does own that needs to figure out how to fix it and keep it from becoming a problem in the future. Right. And that all sounds really, really simple, but it's more complex than you think in, in, so the first, first thing you got to do is figure out what really happened. What, what is the real symptom even that we're talking about here? Because what happens is everybody has a filter through which they see the world. And when things get really tense, it's just a human trait to want to defend yourself and protect your territory. 
And so the number of times that I've seen an organization say it was on that side, and then you dig in and you go, uh, and typically it's not that clean cut. There's a lot of times where it's not like one single thing that you put your finger on and say, there it is. So you really, really, really have to seek the truth. I, I mean, I can't tell you internally how many number, you know, through the course of my career, how many times I've gotten the sound bite that, you know, it's their fault. That guy didn't do the thing properly. Mm -hmm. We told them to do it. We talked about it a week ago. We talked about it a month ago, earlier in the project. It's in my email. It's in my notes. And then you go dig on that side and they say, well, the reason we didn't do that is because nobody told us about this other thing that's related, right? Like that's the way that conversation goes, right? Right. And when you talk about, you know, getting to the root cause and figuring out kind of who pays, what you're saying is at some point you're going to need to figure out probably something around economics, right? So this situation is messed up. Somebody has to... Um, give up resources to solve it, either in terms of money. So somebody has to literally pay money. So there's that. Or somebody has to incur costs to uh, try to fix the problem, either you as the, as the provider, you're, as the account manager, or them as the client. Is, yeah, that, is, that's is what, that what you're saying? Right. And, and that's where all of the emotion comes from. Right. Right. Like who, who's going to, um, you know, air quotes, right? Like who's going to eat it? Like that's the common right. vernacular. That's the common vernacular. Who's going to eat it? Right. Right. So, yeah. So you, you, have, you have to figure that out. Right. And so one of the things when I talk about root cause, I want to be really careful because what we are talking about is assigning responsibility through that root cause. But the, but I hate the word fault. I can't when you get into a, a situation kind of that we're painting here, that's going to be one of the first thing that falls out of somebody's mouth. Not our right. fault. It's their fault. Yeah. Like, I don't care whose fault it is. We have a problem. Let's fix the problem. So I don't ever, I try to really stay away from the word fault because it's right. such a, it's such a descriptive word that is in my mind, it's unproductive if it's not used properly. And, you know, I think, I think the point that you're making here, particularly if you're the account manager, that means you're the vendor, you're the, and the other person is the client. So it generally how this is going, I mean, so you know, generally how this is going to go is probably if there's economics involved, you are probably as the provider are going to have to give up something in order to resolve the situation. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the more likely outcome than not. There are times where you can negotiate to where the client solves the, solves the problem on their own or, or pays for it or, or whatever that can happen, but it's not the most likely outcome. That's right. That's right. So, and so, you know, when it comes to outcomes, right, there's, there's a, there's a handful of scenarios or outcomes. Um, but and I don't, I don't know that it's worth time to watch sure every I'll walk through all of them in detail. Right. So, but, but as an example, you own the root cause and then, so you own the responsibility and the resource needs to address the root cause. Yeah. Right? That's just obvious. That's just the right thing to do. Like you, you, you messed up your company messed up, you, you remediate it. That's just, sure. yeah. Sure. It. And, and if they own the root cause and they pay for it, like, okay, that too is okay, like, the, okay, cool. Yeah. Oof. Boy, Everybody's do that, oh yeah. Glad that worked out. <laughs> Everybody's doing the right thing. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It, you look like a hero to your boss. Cause you, you got them to solve that, solve that problem that they created. Right. So. 
That's right. That's right. Uh, and then, and then the, any other scenario out of that, right. Where you own the root cause, um, but they're going to pay or they own it and you pay like a, then, then, then everything, everything after that starts to get weird. But even those items, the first one, you own the root cause and you pay simple slam dunk, no hard conversations, maybe, a, an acknowledgement to the client and then you move on. But but even where they own it and they pay, there's probably a conversation in there where you're trying to say, yeah, hey, man, um, you know, like it, uh, we could use your help here because this thing happened and, you know, over here on your side. Right. You know, what, what you're so, getting at here is what we talk about a lot in the book, which is separate principles from interests. Um, and so, you know, it, people will get wrapped up in, let's say it's the client's fault that this happened, that the, that the requirements were miscommunicated and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, pr by principle, they should solve that problem. They should pay for it or, you know, they eat it, you know, to use that vernacular. That's the right principle. Well, that's not, you know, that's not necessarily realistic in a situation where you're, you're a vendor to a customer. Um, and, and so you have to think more about your interests. Like this is a very large project. This issue is a very small piece of this very large project. Principle does not always serve you well here. It might be more in your interest to go ahead and solve it yourself and pay for it and, you know, eat the problem, even though you didn't create it. That's really what you're saying here is you have to separate those two things in your mind. And your executive team won't always help you with this, right? Like they will probably, you know, there's a good chance that they, particularly a CFO or somebody like that who, you know, people in those types of roles tend to be high C, you know, kind of relatively rigid about, you know, what's right and what's wrong. They're not going to be interested in that um, that conversation. Right. But sometimes that's that's what you have to focus on. I got to tell you a really funny story. Um, speaking of the CFO and like how, how they influence your behavior versus somebody on, say, the operation side of the house or something like that. We were coming to the end of the quarter and we needed to push a deal across to make the numbers. And the CFO, uh, he, he, you know, he's just every day, right? Like you got three days left and he's calling you every hour. And do we have an update? Did they sign? Mm -hmm. Are they going to sign? Say, look, we could close this thing in about 10 minutes if we give them a 2% discount. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So as an account manager, as a salesperson, as an account manager, like that, that's the, those are the fun, fun stuff of like, go make the impossible happen. And I'm not going to give you a tool to do it. So, right, so be prepared right. for that, but that's where you make your money, man. That's you're yeah, right. right. That's, that's where you get it. But yeah. so no, that's, you, yeah, you're violating a principle by doing that. Right. Versus your interest, which is no, I need this deal done. You know, yeah. Right. Into the quarter, right. <laughs> right. Right. So it's a, uh, those are good times and you have to, you have to enjoy those moments. Don't, don't yeah, let yeah, it, yeah. don't let it stress out. But, but you bring up a really good point, John, and that is how you're going to approach, regardless of fault and pay, right? Like fault you or fault, uh, responsibility, root cause, you want to figure that out, right? Now, as far as who pays, there's, to your point, there's a whole bunch of questions you need to ask yourself, right? And that informs how you approach it. That's why, you know, when I got this particular question, I thought, man, you really got to dissect the issue here. Right. And so, yo, know, I don't know how, how big is this account? Is it a, is it a very strategic account for you? Is it the first account you have? Is it, you know, like what, what does it mean to give something away and how material is the disconnect or the issue or the, whatever we're talking about? Right. Is it getting you into a new vertical? Is it an account that you've had forever and you launched your business on? And quite frankly, um, it's not a high margin account because they've been with you for so long, but there's some loyalty there because they helped you launch your business. Yeah, I mean, you're, what you're saying here is they, um, 
we're not trying to suggest in any way that you should just do whatever the client wants in these situations. We're not saying that at all. What we are saying is you need to separate, uh, you know, kind of root cause fault from what your actions are and, the, and that it's not about principle. And so you might analyze this piece of business and say, you know what, like what we're being asked to do is too much. We can't logically, we can't do what's being asked or financially, we can't do what's being asked and so we need to end this relationship, right? That might be the answer. That might be the right answer. I mean, it's not often the answer, but it is. It is very possible. Uh, but you need to do that analysis and separate those two things out. So, like, you know, people instead of worrying about the golden rule about about fairness, instead it's more uh, taking a step back and being that versus logical business person and saying, "Hey, boss, I recommend you know." Uh, we make this concession to the client because we do need this client or I make, I recommend we end our relationship with this client. You could be saying that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I worked for a very large organization that turned down um, what might've been the biggest, I mean, it would, would have been one of the biggest clients in the world because they, the, they couldn't get to profitable terms. Mm-hmm. Right. And this was a, right. you know, it was a kind of a small organization and having that name and everything else would have been a big deal, but they just kind of went to him and said, you guys, it's not at these price points. We just can't, I can't do this and sell to my board that this was healthy for our business. Right. And everybody, everybody in the room, right. The big, big company was like, nobody tells us no. And they were like, I, I can't tell you. Yeah. Like I can't. And yeah, they I'm not came telling back. You no, I'm just not telling you. Yes. Right. The, and the big client came back a week later and said, okay, tell us what works. And there was a really good, healthy, logical conversation. So sometimes you do have to say no, but, but again, that wasn't uh, nobody had an emotional response when, when the, when, when the price point was being set, right. That made it unprofitable. What happened was everybody said, okay, it's interesting. It, I'm, I'm going to tell you, that's probably going to be a little bit challenging for us, but let us go back and chew on it and see what we can do to make that work. Yeah. So there's Maybe. a ton of, de- there's a ton of decision. I mean, we could talk for hours about all the that's decision right. points that go into actually making the decision. Once you've separated the, uh, you know, the root cause from what you're going to do about it. So how big is the client? How strategic is it? Do we have goodwill? Um, how bad was the fault and, and whose was it? Like all those, like all those things are going to factor in. We can't tell you what decision to make. Like we're, we're not there with you. Right. But the, but, but it's more about, but don't make those decisions based on who's right and who's wrong. That's right. That's exactly right. So, so, you know, and again, we, John, we could, I mean, I, for hours, right. You can tell stories and blah, blah, blah. And that'd be a heck of a good time. Um, But I think that would (laughs) probably yield uh, a lack of listeners. And we'll we'll have to have a podcast one day where we just do war stories. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, we could do a couple for sure, man. We've had many of those together. Uh, So, so coming back to the top, right? Like how do you respond when things uh, feel like they're, they're about, they're fully cooked and they're not. And, and there's a disconnect between the client and, and, and your organization. We, how do you respond? And so again, you, you want to approach it tactically, right? And tactically, you're going to remove the emotion. You're going to address the immediate needs and you're going to manage the communication. You're going to manage the flow and the tone and the what of the communication. Yep. Then you can focus on strategically what it is that needs to be done. And strategically, what you need to do is identify root cause. And once you identify that root cause, you can start driving towards a resolution. And that resolution is who owns the responsibility of whatever this is. 
And then there's a whole bunch of other things that will inform how it is that you actually want to address it. Right. Um, so it, I hope this was helpful. Uh, John, you know, what- no, I think this is fantastic. I want to add one more point onto that root cause um, analysis. And the, you, we talked about it mostly in terms of like problem solving with the client and, um, you know, separating what you do about it long term from, you know, from the who actually caused the problem. But um, there's one other pen to that, which would be as the account manager and as a business person, one of your jobs should be, it depends a little bit on your organization and how you're constructed and whether or not you can kind of do this, maybe how senior you are. Like if you're a brand new account manager, you've been there three months, maybe you wouldn't do this. But the root cause also should probably be, how did this get messed up in the first place um, as the kind of contract or the initial kind of requirements of the initial business relationship was being formed and go swim upstream and actually try to do some analysis around that. And you're not going to have a receptive audience, right? Because somebody messed up somewhere along the way. And so they're going to be, they're going to have a wall. They're going to be not receptive to having that conversation, but understanding, you know, if you approach it from a frame point of, well, I just want to make sure we perform better as an organization. So I want to try to see if we can address this root cause as a, as a uh, budding business person, as an account manager, that is actually a pretty good exercise for you to set up. And I, I give you license to do that as an account manager. Of course, I'm not. I'm not your boss. I'm not your company, and maybe I'm probably getting you in trouble by doing that. But I. But I would. I would highly recommend that for any account manager. I would say, yeah. I mean, I would. I would call it a necessity. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I strongly, strongly agree. I mean, you know, you can't get hit by the same bus twice, right? Like, if if you go out and and there is some error in your discovery process. You, you got to fix that error. Or you're going to have this conversation with every client that you try to onboard for the next whatever, right? It, like, in that, there's no fun in that. You get it's your responsibility to make yeah. your organization better, so that you can properly represent your organization externally. Absolutely, yeah, that's right. Well, that was a great review, Fred. I loved it. Cool. Um, you know what it's time for now? Let's hear it. It's time to unzip the listener mailbag. <laughs> It's so awesome. Wow. Oh, this mailbag is it's just uh it's it's so full. I, I I'm I'm sifting through the letters. Uh all well, the, uh, from all over the world the, the letters are coming in. So we really do appreciate getting uh letters from our listeners. And uh if you do uh if you do have a letter for us, please go to our uh website. Um, and, um, there's a form there and you can, um, send us a note from that form and it'll, it'll come to us and we'll, we'll answer your questions. So we got two, uh, two letters that we want to talk well, about today. Well, you get the, but the website, if you want to get to it is fuller hyphen brown.com. That's right. Or if you, uh, you can also, um, say a dragon walks into a meeting.com. That'll also go to the, uh, the same place if you can't remember that. Okay, so our first email today is from Namrata and uh, sent us a very nice email, um, not really a question, but uh, just saying a couple days back, got contacted by a recruiter for an account management role at a tech company. Would be a great next step. Um, The hiring manager was keen on technical skills, um, but they found our podcast and it uh, couldn't be more timely. So we, we appreciate Amrata the uh, the email about that. And then goes on to say, which um, a minor gripe is your reference to individuals as Mr. or Mrs. job title. 
Um, have you considered switching to Mr. or Ms. for the podcast for your professional speech, which is marital status neutral? Which, um, and she goes on to say, uh, disappointed in that piece of language, which I thought was really good feedback. And as professionals and account managers, I always appreciate feedback. And uh, I, I vow to do better. So we will say Ms. Um, and Mr. And I think that is appropriate and important. So thank you for the uh, point, Namrata. And thank you for the very kind email. So we'll definitely keep it up. And please uh, continue to give us thoughts and feedback about the podcast. Yeah, I, look, I... I am greatly appreciative of that feedback. Yeah. And, uh, I, I and it, is, it is our intentions to be as inclusive as possible. Yeah. Um, that's who we are. And so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take that. And, and if there's other things, let us know. I mean, yeah, you know, we, we, it's, it's all coming from a, a wonderful place. Yeah. Uh, and then another uh, piece of mail from Renee who said, uh, very new to account management and uh, equally being keen and not knowing what I'm doing, searching for a podcast to help me and saying uh, that they're loving it. So really uh, appreciate that from uh, Renee. And then the question is, the account management team I'm a part of is assembled to strengthen our relationship and grow revenues with one of our biggest clients, who's a very large public uh, uh, municipality. There are many aspects of client management that differ than a private client from the process um, that they are hired for to small nuances like not being able to wine and dine or the information they're able to disclose, not to mention no single key person in the company to build a relationship with, um, you know, is their big list of relationships. You know, how would you navigate this type of client differently than you would a, um, you know, a private company, which I think is, and so when, when we say public company, public here, what they're referring to is government. Um, and how do you navigate that versus versus a private, which is a really, really excellent question, I thought. And so um, my answer to that, and I'll be interested you see, Fred, is, you know, if you look at, if you read our book, for sure, there's actually, uh, there is a chapter devoted to um, client entertainment, but 90% of the book is really about managing one-on-one human connection relationships and starting with trust. And so all of those principles hold exactly true um, whether you're dealing with a, a public entity or a government entity or uh, a private company, I mean, it, there's literally no difference. You know, the one universal truth is people are people, no matter what their role. And there's actually surprisingly little difference about what you need to do to manage other people and your relationships with them, regardless of the type of role. Now, one thing I would say is different. Um, and so, and I'll pick on the point about client entertainment specifically like that actually is not at all important to building trust, um, or I should say, it's, it is super helpful to building trust. I don't want to downplay it, but it's not at all necessary to build trust. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I would, on that note right there, mm-hmm. it's it, the reason I love it is because it, the whining and dining is because it's easy. Yeah. Right? What this means is you, you got to be more creative and you got to work a little harder. That's right. But it's eminently doable without that. And then I, the one thing I would do want to say is one thing that is different is the value proposition and how the client perceives it is probably different. That is the one thing that is different. So for a public entity like a government, the value prop to them is probably something more like, um, you know, is it something that is working for constituents? 
is it something that uh, makes sense politically? Is it something that makes me look, and honestly, this is probably the biggest one, is it something that makes me look good in front of my boss, right? That's probably the value prop that you can deliver the most. So the value prop changes, you know, value prop for a private entity is probably going to be, you know, something on more along the lines of, are you helping me grow revenue or are you helping me reduce costs? That's a private company. Uh, value prop, but you know, but you're just delivering a value prop, and so all the tools and the toolkit they're going to use to do that are the same. Um, and so, you know, building trust and relationships. And so now we're in a world right now where everything is being done over Zoom, which is a very distancing thing, and you're not entertaining clients anyway. And you can, I can tell you from personal experience, you can still build relationships with people, um, no matter what their role is over Zoom that are in public entities. It, it is. Uh, building those relationships is absolutely um, possible. Yep. I, I mean, I, I agree with every bit of that. I, I would almost, the, the summary statement that comes to mind for me is very similar to what you stated, which is these are still people with kids and their kids still have ball games and that matters. That's right. That whole, uh, the whole chapter we did on what information do you need to build, collect about your clients so that you can uh, build relationships with them like that. Every single notion of that applies exactly the same. There is no change. That's right. And then as far as not having like that one uh, head figure that owns the relationship on the client side, look, this means you have to cast a wide net. It means yeah. it's really, really critical to, you know, and if you haven't done it, then have you have you thought about doing sort of an account map of understanding why you have so many people and not one person leads it? Like there might be a reason for it. And what it means is you really have three groups or four groups that you're serving. And the way that you talk within any of those pieces of the organization may be different based on what they perceive your value add to be. Right. Yeah. And so you have I, I, to put it, put it in their language. Yeah, I would also submit, like, if you're doing the relationship map, like we described in an earlier podcast where you're you're mapping out all the relationships, they're probably, you analyze that relationship map and really look at who's influencing who, there probably is a f- small number of key people that you do right. need to influence. So I, I would, I always, I, I'm a little skeptical that, like, there's just a ton of people and they're all kind of equally the same. There's usually some people who are more influential than others, even if they're not at the top of the org chart. So um, doing that, my answer to this also is you do that account management uh, or account map exercise that we talked about in a previous podcast. That's that's really important. Well, that's the that's the mail for today, Fred. Um, time to should I go ahead and close up the mailbag? Oh, do it. All right. Mailbag is closed. It is magic, man. I love this. And uh, we'll, we'll and so please keep sending us mail and we'll uh, we'll open up the mailbag next time. Well, this yeah. was a lot of fun, Fred. I think uh, we did. Uh, I think we did some good today. Uh, what do you do when um, when the deal isn't done? And yep. we had a, a Fred gave us some really great steps today, and I'm really excited about uh, about this podcast and uh, looking forward to the next one. Yeah, subscribe to the podcast. Go email us. Go to our website. Um, you know, give us a, give us a review of the book out on Amazon. Like, uh, interact with us. We love doing this, and we love helping people. And when we get feedback like we got for this episode, it really helps us target the message to the things that are needed in the market. So we need yep. you guys to to res- correspond with us, and and we'll we'll address the the issues concerns and topics that you have absolutely all right great show partner we'll talk to you soon um and we will see everyone next time on account management a tactical guide to success 